us away. Thanks. Thanks, Devin. Uh, yeah, really grateful for the church family, and it's crazy to think that it's been six years uh, since the Commons LA started, um, but I feel like at this point, and <clears throat> now so more than ever, it's really felt like family with one another, and I don't think that's because uh, we're spending more time with the church. I don't think that's because we've, you know, uh, all of a sudden had more common interests, but I think it's because this year we've been focused as a people that are learning to pray together, and that's really brought us closer together as a family. Um, so this morning we're going to be looking at a passage from Psalm, uh, Psalm 34. Um, Brian did a great job last week of breaking down a different psalm, and so happy uh, to, to jump into the Word with you guys this morning. So uh, if you could guys rise with me for the reading of Scripture. <clears throat> This is in Psalm 34, we'll be reading verses 1 to 10. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy, and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. You who are his holy ones, fear the Lord. For those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you um, hear us when we speak and when we cry out to you. God, so we pray that as we boldly approach your throne now, God, that you would be so kind to draw near to us in this time. Speak to us. And God, we want to encounter more of you and hunger for more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can take a seat. <clears throat> so I've lived in L.A. my whole life, uh, other than being born in Austin, Texas, and then moving when I was one. Uh, but one of my favorite things that I love most about this city is the amazing restaurants that this city has to offer. Um, oftentimes, to be honest, I feel like I take this for granted until I travel to another city and realize that the only Asian food option is Panda Express. But when we're looking for new restaurants to try, there's a variety of ways that we can go about it. Personally, I like to use Eater LA, which is a food blog um, that kind of spotlights new and trending restaurants in around LA and different neighborhoods. But maybe you'll use Yelp, Google Maps, ChatGPT, or your friend's Instagram stories. Once we've narrowed in on a restaurant, then we embark on the journey of securing a reservation if it's necessary, traveling there, which we're lucky to have really many great options here on the west side, um, and determining what we will order. <clears throat> As we partake in that meal, we get to finally taste for ourselves um, and usually verify the much-deserved praise and acclaim that that restaurant deserved from many others. Assuming the meal experience was great, we then can't help but to tell other people about this new spot that we have tried, perhaps write an online review, and either return as a repeat customer 
or find the next great spot in the city to try. And whether it's a restaurant or maybe that's finding new music, a hiking trail, a park that you can picnic at, free parking spots in LA, uh, this continuous cycle reminds me a lot of what it's like following Jesus and being a child of God. We've been shaped by our culture to seek, consume, and enjoy all of creation apart from the Creator. The things of this world won't ever satisfy our deepest longings, and God is the feast that we were made for. When we choose replacements for Him, we build our lives on very shaky and unstable foundations. So this year, as we're becoming people of prayer, we cannot ignore the fact that seeking God occurs fundamentally through prayer and feasting on Him. And so as we seek God, we taste of His goodness and praise Him forever and ever. As we seek God, we taste of His goodness and praise Him forever and ever. Point number one is as we seek God, we find in Him a safe refuge. I really loved uh, the liturgy this morning. And I felt like that was just such a great way to root us this morning as we dived into this, dove into this text. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. As we've been learning more to pray this year and to become people of prayer, we've seen and heard countless times in Scripture where, where we ask things of God according to his will, he answers. Pastor Isaiah broke that down for us really well a few weeks ago, if you were here for that. And so I want you to each think of a recent time where God answered you. How did he make his power and presence known to you? This past Tuesday, I was, I was quite stressed about work. I work as a real estate agent, and I had a few transactions that seemed to be falling apart. And if you don't know anything about what's going on in the real estate market right now, basically, long story short, interest rates are high, which creates really challenging affordability for buyers. So uh, I had a buyer who didn't think they could afford their monthly payment because of what they needed to come in with um, from a monthly payment perspective. And I felt like I was drowning, felt like I was behind where I was supposed to be, um, felt like the world was falling apart. And then Wednesday morning, I wake up and read Psalm 46, where verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. I was like, okay, God, I get it. I get it. You're watching me. You're, you're answering me. You're with me. Things started to come back together and work out for better that day, and I immediately felt the peace of God. Maybe God has carried you recently through times of suffering, through conflict. Maybe he's delivered you from pain or set you free from addiction. When we ask God, we recognize and acknowledge that when he answers as well. But we, problem, we probably often ask for prayer and pray for one another within the context of our community, but forget to follow up and see how God responded. Um, I think as we continue to do this on a daily and consistent basis, we will start to see stacks and stacks of evidence of God's grace. And it's important to document these instances, however seemingly small they may be, even if it's like, God, give me a good night rest. And you've got a great good night of rest and praising him for that, um, so that we remember his faithfulness in times of trouble. In fact, our church believes that this is so important for us as a community, that there's a place where you can go and share those stories. tcla.co slash EOG, which stands for Evidences of Grace, or you can probably scan it on the QR code in front of you, also in the weekly emails. 
If you've received any sort of wisdom, healing, encouragement, or a miracle, or as our community likes to call it, whem, in any sort of way this past year by God and through his people, fill out that form as soon as possible. Last month in our Sunday gathering, there was 15 or more people who confessed sin publicly um, and, and asked for prayer in our gathering. Being honest about our sin in front of other people and having conviction of the Holy Spirit is God's grace towards us. And we want to be a people that celebrate the things that God is doing in and among us, um, even when it may be hard to see evidence of his grace in our own lives. Um, we can praise him for what he's doing around us and that our faith may be strengthened through that. Verse 4 follows by also saying that he rescued me from all my fears. I think with a passage like this, it's really easy to read this passage and think that it's all happiness and it's all jubilee, right? Um, but if you look closely at text, there's fear, there's anxiety that David feels, there's a poor man crying out to the Lord in the midst of trouble. Even the phrase, I sought the Lord, implies that David was lost, desperate, and didn't really have many options. So I want us to take a few seconds right now to, to just pause and pray, to ask God to reveal what fears um, we may be wrestling with today. So maybe just close your eyes for a few seconds, hold out your hands if you're comfortable as a posture of receiving. Holy Spirit, in your loving kindness, would you reveal to us any fears, any anxieties that we may be carrying today and help us to give those over to you. I'm not sure what fear you're battling with today. Maybe it's fear of failure. Maybe it's fear of man. Maybe it's fear of loneliness or isolation. Fear of death. Whatever it may be, this passage provides hope that Jesus is our refuge, our rescuer, and that as we seek him, he delivers us from all of our fears and saves us from all of our troubles. In the same way that Pastor Isaiah was preaching the other week on um, do not be anxious about anything. This is also all-encompassing in the sense of he delivers us from all of our fears and saves us from all of our troubles. And verse 8 even goes on to say, how happy is the man who takes refuge in him. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. You see, we're all seeking something. Whether The question is whether it's God or not. In this city, and more specifically our neighborhoods, it feels like everyone is on their own pursuit. Um, for a lot of people, Westwood might be a bridge um, to where they're trying to go, or LA could be a bridge to where they're trying to go. Maybe you're here for a few years for residency, for school, um, and you're transitioning to something that is eventually going to be the next chapter of your life. When we're striving after something, I think it's easy to often feel like we're behind especially in a community like ours where everyone is doing something, everyone's on their own pursuit. Easy to feel like that we don't have enough, whether that's money, experience, education, friends, followers, luxury goods. We're so wired for instant gratification that we do whatever we can to get our fix of more. 
only leaving us more hungry and unsatisfied. Verse 10 says, Young lions lack food and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. You know, to be honest, I've never really encountered a young lion before. But I do think of that scene from Madagascar when Alex the lion is going crazy. He's crazy hungry. He's having that dream of steaks that are falling out of the sky. (laughs) And if I told people in this city that I have the solution so that they would not lack any good thing, it would probably go viral. And imagine the ways in which the gospel can and will transform the city as people channel their striving and seeking toward the Lord and in him find their refuge and solace. So, something else I want us to pause and pray about is, um, as, we, as we think about this text, um, Holy Spirit, in your loving kindness, would you reveal to us things that we are seeking that are not first and foremost you in your kingdom? Take a few minutes to ask God what that may be, what he reveals that comes to mind. God, thank you for speaking to us now. There was something that um, was revealed to you that you felt um, God was convicting you of. That's an evidence of his grace too. And that was him being so kind to reveal maybe sins or things that you're seeking that are not first and foremost him. You know, L.A., almost being like a mini country in a sense uh, by our economics, is a city that's marked by a lot of beauty but also a lot of brokenness. And I think for many in the city, including maybe some of us in this room, um, provision and protection may be challenges and battles that we grapple with daily. Many in this city struggle with the word home and wrestle with what that truly means. I think Upside Down had an art gallery not too long ago talking about this very complex subject itself. And it may be hard to hear today that those who fear the Lord lack nothing, but I trust that as we seek God in the wandering, the waiting, the suffering, and the celebrating, that he will stay true to his word and be a hiding place and a safe refuge. So as we seek God, we find in him a safe refuge. Point number two is that when we encounter God, we taste of his goodness. So think back to one of the best things you've ever eaten. Maybe it was a single bite or perhaps a whole meal. What are some things that come to mind for you guys? Just shout it out. Donuts. Donuts. It's been a long time since you had donuts, Caleb. What else? Street tacos. Yep. L.A. Classic. Paella, hmm. Coffee. Sushi, Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, so whatever it may be, as those things come to mind, chances are you could probably recall exactly where you were, um, when it was, who you were with, or some other context details um, that help you paint that picture of that vivid taste that you have. For example, 
The first time I had a bite of Rutt's famous Hawaiian French toast, <laughs> I was with three other college friends during our third year at UCLA, and it was heavenly. And now, as a result of that moment, you all get to have that experience uh, once per month here at the Commons LA. Hashtag free lunch. Um, and a quick question. Now, when was the last time that you tasted and saw that the Lord was good? Maybe something instantly comes to mind, or you're struggling to think of a particular instance. Kind of puts things into perspective, huh? It can be easy to recall the meals, the bites that we have, um, but might be hard to, to recall something like this. And if you're anything like this, if you're anything like me, um, maybe you might be realizing right now that you aren't tasting enough. I can so quickly recall the restaurants, meals, items, and bites that blew my mind, but if you ask me to tell you 10 instances where the Lord overwhelmed me with his goodness, we might be here until Labor Day. Or it could even be the case that you're not sure if you've even tasted the Lord's goodness. You might have experienced some of God's common graces through a delicious meal, through physical healing, through um, being captivated by nature. But maybe you've not felt God's lavish love towards you through the Holy Spirit. And one reason why I think that prayer is so difficult for us as a people is because we know in our heads that the Lord is good, but we don't taste and see his goodness enough. I can know that something is good without actually experiencing it myself. So a fun fact about me and my wife, Sarah, I'll, I'll loop her into this, is that we don't really watch TV or movies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> gasp. Uh, and uh, I, I fall asleep watching any movies or TV show after 8 p.m. And whenever I do actually go to the movies, I look up the length of the film, look at when it starts, Calculate in the preview time. And so if it starts at 7.30, it's a two, two and a half hour movie, and there's 15 minutes of previews, we'll probably be done around 10.15. So I'm tracking the time to see how close it is to 10.15. So a recent, and this is actually kind of ironic because this is such a big blockbuster weekend for the movies with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Um, but a recent example of a blockbuster is Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man something something universe multiverse, introverse. Uh, and for context, the last movie that I saw and paid to see in theaters was Spider-Man No Way Home at the end of 2021. Uh, I, I did watch Air at the Westwood premiere, uh, but that was free, so I didn't pay for that. But the last movie I paid to see in theaters was Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, but countless individuals have raved about this Spider-Man movie. By show of hands, how many of you guys have seen it? Yeah, it's a good amount, at least, at least half of you guys. Um, and it's one of the highest rated films on IMDb's list of all time. It has 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I have no doubt that it's good. And for those of you who raised your hands, you would probably say that it was good as well. Um, and I haven't seen a single minute of this 140 minute film. But in the same way, I think we can know that God is good, especially if you grew up in a church setting, without actually experiencing it. We can read the reviews hear testimonies from other people, and be a part of his community without tasting him personally. And I think that's a scary reality, that, but it's part of following Jesus. Wandering into the unknowns, trusting who he says he is, and tasting his goodness for ourselves. 
And the spiritual disciplines, especially prayer, are habits that will help us to continually taste and see that the Lord is good and increase our capacity for tasting him more deeply and profoundly. But the enemy wants us to do whatever he can to distract us and prevent us from actually tasting and experiencing his goodness. Whether it's seven hours of screen time a day, addictions, laziness, you name it, whatever works is sufficient for him, as long as it keeps you away from tasting and feasting on the Lord. But if we don't battle and fight the good fight to really nourish ourselves and eat of the fatty foods spiritually, we'll be famished, we'll be apathetic, we'll be lost, and we'll quickly have an idol factory built up overnight. So maybe a new question to ask your brothers and sisters, whether it's in your discipleship group or at lunch, um, is how's your appetite been lately? I think it's easy, whenever I face the question of, you know, how my spiritual disciplines have been, uh, I often give an answer like, eh, you know, mid, you know, not, not too great, not too bad, prayer's been all right, I read the word sometimes, but mainly when I'm half asleep. I fasted for most of first Tuesday fast, but had some juice or Gatorade to make it easier. But brothers and sisters, as we hunger for more of God and know him more intimately by experiencing his presence and his power, we will taste. And as you are forever changed by tasting the Lord's goodness, you cannot help but praise. So point number three is that taste naturally leads to praise. Taste naturally leads to praise. The psalm starts out by saying, Bless the Lord at all times. My pra- His praise will always be on my lips. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. It also reminds me of in 1 Thessalonians where it says to pray without ceasing. I think this concept is often thrown out as a joke because it seems impossible to pray without ceasing. Um, like you've probably heard it or used it in some sort of casual, lighthearted context that produced a laugh in some sort of way. But I also don't think that God would give us a command that he didn't intend for us to keep. So what does this actually look like on a regular basis? I think it's a growing awareness of God's presence in all that we do. A growing awareness of God's presence in all that we do. For work. God, thank you for the opportunity to use my gifts and skills to bring chaos to order in this world. Help me to work unto you and not unto man today. Would I not be a slave to the opinion of my boss or put my hope in the fleeting satisfaction of a promotion or a raise, but would I trust in you alone? With regards to rest, God, thank you for the ability to rest and relax after work. Help me to steward my time well and to remember all that you have done through the work of my hands today. With regards to recreation, God, thank you for allowing me to use my body to exercise and to glorify you in sports or use my brain in board games and trivia. (laughs) And just everyday mundane activities, right? God, help me to, to be grateful for the shelter that you've given me, to have good appliances, functioning plumbing, windows for fresh air. Thank you for having me, giving me a car or transportation to get around the city. And as his praise will always be on our lips, we will find ourselves boasting in the Lord. Boasting in the Lord is something that is so countercultural to how we're wired, especially in a city such as L.A. Every single action we do revolves around our glory and boasting around what we're doing on social media 
talking about our recent promotions or new jobs on LinkedIn, sharing our achievements and accomplishments for the praise of man. Sometimes it's hard to even tell if people travel for the sake of travel nowadays, or if they're just doing it for the reputation that it allows them to uphold um, to their bot followers on Instagram. But when we boast in the Lord, we proclaim of his greatness with one another. And as verse 3 says, we exalt his name together. We exalt his name together. This is the very thing that we get to do each and every Sunday and on With God Nights as we sing and lift high the name of Jesus in this place. Sometimes when I lead music, people will say, hey, Chris, thanks for leading today. And while I appreciate the kind remarks, it's really not about me. All I can do is simply help us um, to point us to God's greatness and to help us exalt his name together as we grow as a body. And brothers and sisters, we cannot be a praying church without being a singing church. We cannot be a praying church without being a singing church. I know we have papers in front of you to provide lyrics, and we've been mixing in some new songs over the summer, but I plead with you guys to sing, to dance, to worship in such a way that can only be explained by the fact that you've supernaturally tasted the goodness of God through the Holy Spirit. So many people walk by our doors each week, and most people give that look of, hmm, thinking face emoji, what's going on in there? <laughs> they look at the banner or some sort of signage that we have outside, and they probably jump to some sort of assumption based on their lived realities of church or religion, Christianity. Imagine if instead of those people walking by, people were so drawn to the noise and people came near and far to check out what was going on. This is the sound that Westwood Village needs. This is a roar that won't come from any UCLA sporting event, won't come from a red carpet premiere, won't come from first Thursdays in the village, won't come from the line at Diddy Reese. What transformation could happen in our very own city and neighborhood through the power of God among us? Also, praise leads to disciple-making, the most important thing we are called to do and created to do as followers of Jesus. You know, as a real estate agent in, in my job, it, it's really important to meet new people and to keep in touch with people as they anticipate life changes that lead to buying or selling a home. I absolutely love it, especially since I have spent my whole life here in LA, and I've met so many people from different um, chapters of my life. But if I'm completely honest, I very seldom viewed my vast sphere and network as Jesus does, meaning that I don't see each and every one of those people as an eternal soul that will either spend the rest of their lives with God or apart from God. When Jesus looked out on the crowds, he had compassion and saw them as helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Oh God, would you change my vision to see as you see. And I think all over the New Testament, when people experience the transformative power and presence of God, they cannot help but go into their neighborhoods and tell everyone what had happened, how God has changed them, how God healed them on a Sunday through contact prayer. Imagine what our city and circles could look like if we did the very same thing. Sadly, you know, a lot of people won't, won't really care as we speak of Jesus and boast in God. And they might respond with a, love that for you. 
But verse 2 says that the humble will hear and be glad. The humble will hear and be glad. God is preparing the hearts of those around you, people that you already know, to hear, to receive the good news. And who might those people be in your life? They're waiting. They're waiting. And we must walk in those good works that God is preparing for us. But I wonder if I haven't praised enough because I haven't tasted enough. And I wonder if I haven't tasted enough because I haven't sought the Lord. Seeking God, feasting and tasting of His goodness, and praising Him is an engine for becoming people of prayer. Our prayerlessness and poor appetites get flipped upside down as we experience the richness of His grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. 